0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Welcome to the English on the Road Authentic English podcast. And on today's episode, we sit down and have a chat with Halima from Blackboard English. Halima has one heck of a cool story to tell. In this podcast, we talk about her story. We talk about her move to England as a child and what it was like. We discuss what it takes to teach English, and of course, we also talk about her fantastic Female Language Academy. I'm not going to go into too much detail here, because all that and more is in this podcast. So, sit back, relax, and get ready to listen to some Authentic English with Ronan and (laughs) Halima. Okay, so good morning and welcome to the English on the Road Authentic English Podcast. Today, we're going to sit down with Helima, and today we're going to talk about a few different things, including, but not limited to, Halima's language learning journey and the Female Language Academy. But before we get into the juicy information, I'm going to ask her three questions. So, Halima, question number one, two, and three. Number one, where are you currently based Number two, what is your favorite food? And number three, what is the last restaurant you went to?
1: Mm-hmm. Hello, everyone. Uh, Talima, I'm from. Um, I live in London. Um, my favorite food is sushi, um, and the last place I went uh, to eat because right now in London we have a fifty percent off um, all restaurants. Um, to get everybody to leave their houses and <laughs> um, go out uh, outside for um, lunch or dinner. So I went to this Lebanese restaurant that had oh, very incredible nice. food. So that's the last time I went out.
0: I guess that in London, there are so many opportunities for different types of food. Oh, yeah? one
1: million percent. Yeah. The best food is here. Like you can eat um, the best Thai, Japanese, um, Lebanese, any type of food you want. Actually, sometimes I have such high expectations when I actually go to the country. I'm like, oh, my God, it's better in London, (laughs) which is awful to say. But yeah, we have really good food here.
0: That sounds awesome because I'm living in a smaller town and we do not have the diverse range of food. And our government has certainly not given us a 50% voucher. To go out and eat. So,
1: <laughs> oh, I, I don't know if that's a good thing. Like, <laughs> although it's a good thing, maybe for um, it, it's it's right now we're in a um, you know a situation where we shouldn't be meeting up like that. So, I, I don't know if it's an entirely good thing. Like the restaurant that I went to was pretty empty, but they want to try and get people out again and not feel so scared. So I guess it's a technique to. Um, help us feel safer again to go outside and to start doing the normal things that um, we haven't been doing <laughs> for the last five
0: months. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that is crazy because for the, la- I, the last time I went to a restaurant was at the start of July. And I mean, so from March until July, didn't go to any restaurants because everything was shut down. Everyone was a little panicked. In late June, July, they opened up so people started to go back out. But then in the town that I'm living in, like the first week of July, we had an outbreak and it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So that was when I decided, you know what, if I'm going to meet my friends, I'm going to meet them in the mountains, I'm going to meet them on the beach, but I'm certainly not going to a restaurant or a bar or anything like that. So,
1: Yeah, that's a good idea. I think that's that's something we should adopt as well here. But um, I, I have a feeling we're going to get, a second um, round um, and people have to once it gets um, colder because we've had um, yeah. really hot weather but um, as soon as it starts um, getting colder I think people will I mean we will have to do a second quarantine that's what I'm
0: thinking. Yeah I think everyone is expecting that and I mean for me it's not so bad because in winter i usually quarantine anyways i'm living in canada it's going to be minus 20 there's going to be like five foot of snow outside so i mean it's not so bad
1: (laughs) yeah i I don't mind um quarantine either it's it's not too bad for me as an introvert i mm -hmm. um i don't need to see people that often actually i enjoyed it because um usually it's like that would be my ideal world (laughs) where people get at at a distance, um, and, um, like you weren't forced to, to meet, um, go to weddings and, um, invited all the time. So it was for a few months I enjoyed it, but then afterwards it's like, okay, like I would love that maybe for half the time. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I totally see your point because my girlfriend is a staunch, staunch introvert and I'm a staunch extrovert. So there's definitely a complete difference and she's loved it. But then (laughs) we've been trapped in the house for quite a while. So, I mean, she was starting to see myself get a little stir crazy and have a bit of cabin fever. But
1: No, I can imagine (laughs) for extroverts, it must be something like that's just so, so, so difficult to do. So um, my heart goes out to all the extroverts. In the world.
0: <laughs> I'm sure they'll be fine. I'm sure they'll be fine. So I, read, I was looking on your website just before we, had, we started this podcast. I love your website. I think Thank it's you. great. And I saw something very interesting. You were saying that English, for starters, is not your first language. Is that correct?
1: No. Um, English is actually my third language. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So um, I am too... An English student for life.
0: Yeah, always, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> always. And I saw that you mentioned that you were illiterate when you started school.
1: Yeah, so I can tell you a little bit about my story. Um, Please. Um, I I didn't go to school for a certain reason. Um, so I was born in Somalia. Um, at the age of two, I had to leave because of civil war, which um, it meant that we it was not safe for us to be there anymore. So we went to Saudi Arabia, we went to Jidda um, and um, like we had a visa, but the visa ran out. Um, And so we were living there illegally. Um, And um, (laughs) so uh, it it was a really tough life, but there there was a point where my mom was like, okay, we've been here for a while. The civil war like wasn't finished, but we couldn't, she couldn't get access to education for us because in order to get education at the time you needed a visa. Um, and there was one school that they could get access to. Um, and they, they accepted us. Um, it was like um, a school for orphans. Um, it, it was a social responsibility kind of school that it was completely free. And, um, and then my mom, like, was super excited to find this opportunity. And she was like, yes, my daughters can finally go to school. Um, and um, she signed us on and, you know, put. Cl- I remember that day she put clothes on us and um, she was super excited. We were just like over the moon. Um, we went in the taxi and then on our way, she realized that she couldn't afford the taxi rides to the school every single day. So she told the driver to turn back and we went back home and we were kind of confused. Like, why are we not going to school? He we said, we're going to school. And all I remember is being with my grandmother and she was in the cr- room, like crying her eyes out because like she wasn't able to take her children to like, to study and to, to, um, have access to school. And that at that time, it, like we didn't have internet. There was no, um, you know, you couldn't connect to somebody that could help you like we do right now. So um, that like lit a fire in her to do whatever it takes to educate her children. Um, So she was like, you know what? I'm okay going back to Somalia, even if there's civil war, like we can manage. I'm not going to stay here and, and live a life where my, my daughters don't get the education that they need. So she goes back to Somalia. Um, and obviously that it wasn't like she, I I guess she imagined it to be a lot safer, but it wasn't. Um, and she spoke to, um, her um, mom and her dad, and they were able to connect with their family. So they had family members in the UK already, um, And they said, you need to come here. You need to bring your children here because they will get access to education and a safe place to live. Um, so they helped us out like, and, um, so we went to the UK as refugees. Um, that's where they gave us a house. Um, they, it was a long journey to get there because the means to get there was like crazy. (laughs) I won't go into detail now, but, um, it was the first time we we had our own house because when I was in Jidda, we would move like a million times. Like it was, we, we, we couldn't stay in the same house. Like there was always a, a problem of not being able to pay for rent. So it was the first time of stability we got enrolled into schools. Um, and that's when, um, you know, we went in and I didn't know how to read or write. I'd never held a, a pen in my life. So they literally showed me how to um, hold the pen and how to, um, s- you know, speak English and like, and everything else um, around that. Yeah.
0: So what age were you when you landed in the UK?
1: I was eight years old or nine. I don't remember like now, but it was
0: 94. It was 94.
1: Yeah, ninety four. And, and
0: what was your level of English when you arrived to the UK? <laughs>
1: um, so it, it's a funny story because we, we we knew like phrases, but it, like there was zero. Okay, so let's say zero. But I remember okay. like we knew certain words, but they were they were incorrect. Or now I look back, I remember my sister. Um, just before we started school, she was like, okay, I'm going to give you all the knowledge <laughs> that I have for you. So she was like, when, when, um, <laughs> when somebody asks you a question, um, this is how you say no. So she, because, um, in Arabic, um, it's, it's different how you respond to, um, a woman and a man or you talk about a woman and a man. So she said, if, um, if you speak to a woman, you need to say, um, so no, I don't really remember the exact thing, but I think she said, if you, when you respond as a woman, um, you say now, and a, as okay. a man, you say no. And so I was like, okay, I get, <laughs> I'm going to say now <laughs> every time someone asks me a question and it's, it's a no. Right. So in school, I remember be, um, somebody like all the kids, I was inside the changing room. I had no idea what they were saying. And they were like, do you have uh, your PE kit. So PE kit is like your, sh- your, your clothes that, that you wear to do gym, uh, to go to, um, uh, do, um, I don't know, um, do basketball or yeah, play like physical basketball education. So exactly. Um, so I, and I, and I didn't, I knew I didn't cause they were showing me like I'm pointing at the kit and I said now, and I was like, I kept saying <laughs> now. <laughs> and so, and so, um, they were like, yes, now, like, do you have your kit now? And I was like, now, (laughs) like, I don't know what happened after that, but that's the extent of my English when I first came to London.
0: Oh, Um, wow.
1: Yeah. So That's insane. (laughs) It it really is. Like, looking back, it's just, we, like, we would talk about what it would be like to be in London, and we just imagined this, like, super advanced um cuz even clothes like we we didn't have washing machines we would wash like clothes with our hands so um again my sister was like i heard that in london um the clothes there's a machine that you put the clothes in and it washes for you wow but then she like she said it washes for you and then it like dries it and then what happens is it actually folds <laughs> the, the- <laughs> the the clothes for you. And so it like it's like the whole process is done for you. And we were like, oh my God, London sounds like a magical place. Utopia. Wait to get Utopia, exactly. So yeah, it that, was it, it was super exciting to be able to have the opportunity. And yeah. So
0: that's it's interesting that you talk about the the laundry because you know Ireland has had a lot of emigration over the years. You know, we've all, our best export is people. And to this day, it is people between the ages of 20 and, say, 35. If you're Irish, between the ages of 20 and 35, you're probably going to live abroad at some point. And I went to Ellis Island a few years back, uh, just outside of New York. And there's a great quote on the wall. And it was from an immigrant. I'm not sure if it was from an Irish or Italian immigrant, but they were talking about how they heard stories of New York City. And the story was that the road was paved with gold. (laughs) And so they, they traveled across the Atlantic on these dingy ships and they literally believed that the road was going to be paved with gold. Mm -hmm. But the, the most important part is like when they arrived, they noticed that the roads were not paved with gold. Mm -hmm. They noticed that there was no roads, but the Americans wanted someone to build the roads and that was good enough for them. So mm. it's kind of like you always have this perception of what a place is going to be like. Yes. And when you arrive, it might not be exactly it, but you're still thinking, you know what? There's opportunity here. There's yeah. something different about this place. So
1: 100 percent. Yeah, we like until this day, we're super grateful um, because we don't know what our lives would have been like if mm-hmm. we didn't have that. Um, so, you know, my mom had that, you know, she, she made education the forefront of all her decisions. So, and that's why I think we, we ended up being where we are right now, because that's what led her to like, to make all the decisions that she did. And so, yeah, we like that. That's that's the journey. Um, there's a lot more detail, but, um, it's something that I always want to share because for the students that are listening um, learning language is, is part of like your journey right now, but it's, it's not, it's, it's going to change. And so each stage that you're in learning to really enjoy and, you know, really fully, um, grasping where you are right now and, and not thinking about where you want to be all the time can, it, it can change the experience for you, um, vastly. Cause when I look back now, I'm like, Oh, I should have done this. And it would have been good if I, um, really focused on the things that I, uh, um, that I enjoyed about the language and, um, not kind of just ignore it, or I didn't ignore it, but there was aspects of living in London. And it made me feel different, not knowing the language. It didn't, I couldn't make friends quickly. So there was a lot of things, but I wish that I did a few things differently to help me um, maybe develop my language faster or really, you know, take it to the next level when it comes to developing it and um, using it.
0: Yeah. Right. So that's a really good segue into the next part of what we want to talk about, because you have all this experience of learning a language. You know how valuable a language is. You clearly, and your mom clearly knows how valuable education is. So let's talk about the Female Language Academy. So for people who are listening that have never heard of this before, have at it. Let us know what the FLA is, please.
1: So it, it's a so it's a membership. And it's something that I have been, it's been brewing for such a long time and all the pieces just came together, um, a few months ago. Um, and yeah, um, so I've had other programs before and it was just something that always came up where women wanted a safe place to practice speaking English. Um, and, and so I, did receive criticism at the very beginning. I did receive a lot of um, people saying, why are you not being inclusive? And, um, but what I did was I, I went ahead and did it anyway. And I am so happy that I did because the, the amount of like response um, that I, that I got from this program and that it's just been an incredible, incredible um it's, it's been incredible to experience it and to see the students in my program thrive because they can completely be themselves in a safe environment without worrying, um, about all the external things being messaged, um, outside of class or, um, some of the, my students wear a scarf. So, um, You know, sometimes I'll see like some hair coming out of their scarf, but they're not like so cautious about, oh my God, like I have to cover up or I have to speak a certain way or these topics are not topics that I can speak about or even just um, getting um, deep with their conversations. Like they couldn't do that. And in the program, it's just created now a, a community of women that support each other and really help each other in this journey of learning English. Um, and so what I did is um, I put together my experience of learning English, um, my experience teaching. So I've got seven years teaching English outside of the online space. So it's about 10 years now. Um, and um, I put it all together with all of the, um, you know, educational background that I have with um the ESL th- theory um and what works best I created a program that will help women progress in their English um a lot faster and actually just last month I've decided to add um mindset as well into the program. Nice.
0: Yeah. Very very important.
1: So we've got a coach that comes in And she tackles one thing at a time every single month, because I do believe um, from my experience that there's a huge mindset issue when it comes to learning English, not feeling good enough, not feeling like you can speak properly, not wanting to make mistakes, not wanting to feel like, I mean, not wanting to be judged. Um, Yeah, so there's so many things that is getting in the way of um, actually being able to speak English in the way that, like, I want to be able to see students speaking freely and not worrying yeah. about all these different nuances that are putting them, yeah.
0: That mindset one is vital, absolutely vital to learning English. And I see it all the time with my students, all the time. And I remember, I like, one one project... I really want to start with my students is to record an interview with them on the first day they come to my class. I would love to record it and just ask them some basic questions. You know, where are you from? What's your hobby? What's your favorite food? And just to hear the answers, which will probably just be one word or two word answers. And then after six months, do it again. And then after a year, do it again. And I think, and I will I will do it this September because students often have a negative mindset I feel where they feel they're not progressing because you can be your own worst critic with anything you do and I would just love to be able to turn on a a recording and be like well if you don't think you're progressing listen to this from September and that's when they would notice a difference.
1: One million percent I was nodding the entire time (laughs) for those of you listening so that's actually um, a problem that I've noticed as well. I've been st- like, this is this the same thing that I get from students. I've been studying English for three years, four years, and I don't see progress. And this is exactly like, this is one way to, to monitor your progress and make sure that, you know, you can see the difference in your languages is just recording yourself and, and, you know, documenting the process of learning English. Is such an important um, aspect of learning because you don't feel like you're improving, but you are, yeah. right? So it's and I and I completely like agree with the whole first video and then because we do diagnostic in our program where we find out okay where is the student which direction do they need to change to, to um, take, um, and I just noticed that like you said they almost don't want to speak. And they just feel like there's, like, this fear. I, I think there's, like, this block that's that they have. And, yeah, so, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with your monitoring your progress and making sure that you are going back and, say like, listening to the old you, <laughs> right? I think that's super...
0: Reflection, a lot reflection. of reflection. Yes. And one of the key, like andragogical motivators for my classroom or for my teaching is empowerment and it's something that I've studied a lot over the last 12 months and I've seen it with students and like I feel empowerment comes in so many different so many different ways and one example is empowerment for me would be when a student can laugh at themselves and they can highlight their own mistakes but they don't get beaten down by it and I can always remember when I was asking a student what she did last night. And she was saying she made dinner, she cleaned the house, she ate the dinner, and then she ate the baby. And she said she (laughs) ate her baby. (laughs) And it was just like, whoa, what do you mean you (laughs) ate your baby? And then she she didn't realize what she had said until she sat down, she thought about it, and then she just burst into laughter. And then, like, for the next couple of weeks and even, like, the next couple of months – that joke would come up again and again and again. And what I loved about it, though, what I really loved about it was when a new student came in and a new student made a mistake, they might feel embarrassed. But then the veteran student would go over and talk to them and just be like, well, here, there's this one time when I said I ate my baby and everything, and it was just so nice to see. And I was just like, this is one of the main facets of education, I think. It's so important.
1: Um, One of the things uh, to to add to that is when my students make mistakes, I really dislike it when they apologize for the mistakes that they're making, um, because it's like you're not allowed to make a mistake. And that's so wrong. I feel in so many levels, you're learning a language, you're bound to make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes when they're speaking. Sometimes I will not include a verb inside a sentence, but I don't realize it. And I'm just like, when I listen back to my videos, I'm like, oh, I I didn't include that. Oh, well, like, let's move on. Like, it's, did you you deliver the message? Is that, that that should be your main focus. But I I guess, like, with my program, we have a focus every week. So the first week is input. So we're not practicing, we're not doing anything except for understanding what the person Mm -hmm. is saying. So then we have week two, which is noticing. Um, and they, all they have to do is just be curious about the language, like ask questions. Why is that there? Why is that sitting next to it? I've noticed that this goes with this and it's just about raising their curiosity and really grasping the language and enjoying it, which is it's, it's really weird because um, this this is not what happens inside course books. So my students are like she's just giving us like input for the entire week. like they're literally so they have a task they have to do at the end and that mm-hmm. task has to be linked up to all the other steps. So I give them input that will allow them to be able to communicate at the end. And um, and so having a focus like this week we're doing this this week we're going to practice this week we're going to do this and so um, it's it's not something that they've done before but they can see that it's helping them a lot with their English learning journey. If that makes that's sense. brilliant. Yeah.
0: That does. That's absolutely brilliant. I love the idea of the female language academy. I yeah. think it is essential. Um, I'm not surprised that you came under some criticism. You're always going to come under criticism, especially for something so so advanced as this. There's going to be a lot of people out there who are against it, but I'm glad that it didn't stop you. I'm glad that it didn't yeah. prevent you from really doing it because I think it's it's so important, especially in 2020, especially with learning a language. And as you said, having a safe space is essential, and you've clearly provided that to your students. So congratulations. That is an amazing thing. Um, All right. So we've been talking for 26 minutes already, and I'm going to try to wrap this up in the next four minutes. So um, do you have anything else to say or do you have any questions for me?
1: Um, Yeah, actually, I had a question about um, just the empowerment. What message would you have for my students that are already in the program, I think this is um, something that I want to be able to let them hear in terms of how can they empower themselves to learn English. You've mentioned one point. Is there any other things they can do to make sure that they can empower themselves a little bit more when it comes to language learning?
0: Get out there, be brave, listen to Halima. That's definitely (laughs) one of the most important. Yeah. But be brave. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. Put yourself in an uncomfortable situation, because when you do that repeatedly, that situation will become comfortable. Um, and really think about why you're learning the language. And that's a huge part of where I teach. Yes. You know, why I ask, I ask my students, why are you learning English? And they say, because I'm living in Canada. Um, no, that's, not, that's not why you're learning English. And it's just like, really, really think about it. You're, are you learning it for yourself? And then they realize that, well, no, I'm not learning it for me. I'm learning it for my kids. I'm learning it so I can talk to my children. You know, and that's that's a real heartbreaking thought because some of my students, their children, don't speak the same language as the parents because they've moved to Canada at such a young age. Oh, wow. So the, chil- the children only speak English the parents only say, for example, speak Arabic. So it's kind of like there's a bit of a divergence there. And sure, there's a bit of broken English and a bit of broken Arabic. But when I talk to the parents and I was like, you're living in Canada and this is what is going to happen. But really think about the reason why. And then when they realize I'm learning it because one, yeah, I live in Canada. But two, I want to become a member of this community. I want to be able to talk to my children. I want to not be hindered by my english and that for me is one of the keys
1: so to sum it up have a strong why and if you don't look for it so that you can keep going back to it each time you feel um you know demotivated from all the things that are happening um in your life yeah
0: yeah because I mean some of my students have been engineers, have been doctors, they've been mechanics, they've been homemakers their entire lives. And when they move to Canada, you're kind of starting from scratch. So it's kind of like you're not doing it because you're not learning English just because you live here. You're learning English to improve your life and improve the life of your family. You know, and that's the that's the reality of the situation. So and uh, yeah, I just empowerment is key for me (laughs) so uh without any further ado we are going to wrap this up so halima thank you so much for joining the podcast thank you so much for accepting thank you so much for coming on and thank you for setting up the female language academy any final thoughts
1: yeah um if um you know anybody wants to learn from me um i have weekly emails and i have um videos every week so um, i think ronan will put a link um in the show notes that you can subscribe and um, you'll be hearing more from me Um,
0: and what is your instagram handle please
1: it's blackboard english
0: blackboard english that's
1: the same handle for every um platforms social media platform so
0: are you on youtube yes perfect so i will post all of those in the description so if you're listening look at the description click on those links and empower yourself. <laughs> Halima, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. And that ladies and gentlemen was Halima. What a cool and motivating person. You should 100% check out all the links in the bio including the links to her Instagram, her website and her YouTube channel. This was a great conversation and I really enjoyed it. I feel I learned a lot about teaching English and life. I hope you did too. My name is Ronan. This is English on the Road, Authentic English Conversations. Stay tuned for the website and much, much more coming soon. Talk to you soon, folks. Thanks for stopping by and we will see you later.